You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. The title of my message this morning is, Are You Walking or Are You Riding? Let me put it again. Are you walking or are you riding? Let's just open in prayer. Father, we thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. We thank you, Father God, that you've called us even before the foundation of the earth, that your eye has always been upon us. We thank you, Father God, that we belong to you, and this is your church. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing in the life of your church. Lives are being touched, transformed, powerfully impacted by your spirit. And we thank you for it, Father. As we turn to your word, God, give us listening ears. Give us understanding hearts. Help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. We pray this, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, 7. What an amazing scripture this is. It says, May the God of peace himself. He's the God of peace. He's not the God of confusion. He's not the God of fear. He's the God of peace. May the God of peace himself sanctify you, set you apart completely. And may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul and body. You see, before you were saved, it was body, soul and spirit. After you got saved, it's now spirit, soul and body. Our body, Paul calls our body the tent. It houses our spirit and our soul. It's the home of our soul and spirit. And it has five senses. Touch, taste, see, hear and smell. Our body, believe it or not, is not sinful in itself. There's no sin in my body. But it can be used as an instrument of sin. Now, for instance... I know this didn't happen to you young guys, but when I was 14 years of age, I was 14 once upon a time. And um, I remember coming home from school and I always passed this deli. And I decided to go into the deli the day. I had no money, but I decided to have a look around the deli. And I saw something. It's called a white knight. Who remembers the white knight chocolates? The white knights. And uh, my taste buds started to work overtime. And my mind says, take it. It's yours. But I don't have any money. Take it anyway. So I looked around. And suddenly my, my hands reached out, just automatically, and took it. Put it in my pocket and walked out. And it was so delicious walking home, eating that white night. Amazing. I know this doesn't happen to you, but it happened to me. Our soul, our soul comes from the Greek word suke, where we get the word psychology, psychiatry. And biblically speaking, our soul is composed of three parts, mind, will and emotion. Whatever you heard, read or seen is stored in the air of your mind. Your will, that's your decision factor. I will to do this. I will to go somewhere. Your emotions can be happy, can be sad. And uh, in Psalm 139 verse 14, it says, I will praise you. 
See, it's an act of the will. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works and my soul, that's my soul here, knows it well. This verse shows shows us that our soul, our mind, knows that we are wonderfully made. Don't put yourself down. You're wonderfully made. God said you're wonderfully made. And there are verses in the Bible that speak about the soul having many functions. For instance, in the Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Tell me, you whom my soul loves, your soul can love. In 2 Samuel 5, 8, it says, David's soul hated his enemies. He just disliked his enemies. In Psalm 77, verse 2, it says, My soul refused to be comforted. You ever met people like that? Refuse to be comforted? Don't want to be comforted. You're trying to help them. You're going to try and get alongside them, but they refuse to be comforted. In Job chapter 7, verse 15, it says, My soul chooses. It makes choices. So choosing, deciding and refusing are functions of the will and will is part of the soul. Our soul expresses our personality. For instance, what's Tim's personality? Those that know him. I like his personality. Very friendly. Vibrant. Exciting. Better ask Arzi afterwards. So what's <laughs> <laughs> you know, our soul is very powerful. The latent power of the soul is very, very powerful. How do I know? It can be obstinate. It can be self-centred, proud, stubborn, sometimes grumpy, joyful, argumentative. Can anyone relate to that? When we got married, 22 and 21, young guns we were. We were on a two-storey two unit or flat. For some reason... We had an argument. We haven't stopped since, but we had this argument. (laughs) And uh, my dear bride said, um, I'm going home to my mum and dad. She stormed out of the room, went downstairs. I just happened to see where she went. She went and sat outside. So I thought, ah. What do I do, oh my soul? (laughs) So I got in the car and went for a ride. (gasps) Where is he? I want my husband back. The old soul realm. The soul realm where we make choices. Either we do our own thing or yield to our born again spirit that's led by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Apostle Paul experienced this. This great man of God who wrote a third of this New Testament understood the power of the soul. He said this, and this is talking about your soul now in Romans 7. He says, I don't really understand myself. Anyone like that? I don't really understand myself. Then he goes on to say, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. 
And verse 19 says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And in Colossians 3, verses 8 to 10, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behaviour, slander and dirty language. Don't lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. That's our heart's desire, to be like him. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowances for others' faults. Give them time. Give them space. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. This is all the function of the soul. This is a choice, decisions that we have to make. And it's done in the soul realm. Notice Paul talks about putting off, putting off the characteristics of the old man, putting on the characteristics of the new man in Christ Jesus so that we come more and more like him. And so we have the body and we have the soul. But your spirit man is the real you. That's the part of you that makes contact with God. When you gave your life to Jesus, Holy Spirit came into your heart, joined himself with your spirit. Your spirit became alive to God. Praise God, my spirit is alive. Your spirit is alive to God. In John 3 verse 6, it says, That which is born of the Holy Spirit is your spirit. Your spirit being made alive because of the actions of the Holy Spirit breathing upon our spirit. In John 4, 24, it says, God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit and our spirit connects to, to God in worship and fellowship. It's your innermost being, your spirit that makes that connection. Our born again spirit contacts and receives from God and the more we do, the more he saturates our spirit with himself. Result, we think as he thinks. We talk as he talks. We feel as he feels. We choose as he chooses. Result, that's the result. I remember uh, 2021. I had a dream. It was in my spirit, man, that I had this dream. I dreamt about Noel Fallows. Noel Fellows was an Englishman. He's been here three, three or four times now, preached in our church. And uh, in the dream, I saw him preaching at a church, had amazing results. Things wonderful happened. People got saved, people got healed and so on. Things happened in the life of the church. And he was so happy. But the next day, he was as miserable as sin. This, heavy dep- this is all in the dream. This heavy depression came upon him. And... Um, I said, no, what's wrong with you? All in the dream, what's wrong with you? And he said, I don't know, but there's just this heavy depression that's come over me, this heaviness. And I said, "Um, well, let me pray for you. And when I prayed for him, the Spirit of God lifted that heaviness off of him. This is all in the dream. So a few hours later, I rang him up. He lives in England. I said, no, I I had a dream about you. Exactly what I just shared with you, I told him about it. And he said, that's true. That's what happened. 
That's what's happening now. And that's, a, that's how I'm feeling at this moment. And so I prayed with him. And the Spirit of God came upon him afresh and lifted that heaviness off of him. All in the spirit realm. How can I strengthen my spirit man? How can I make my spirit man sensitive to Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit wants us to learn to walk in that place of sensitivity to Him. I remember, and I maybe shared this before, but I remember in the office that we had in the church in Adelaide, uh, you had a passageway and you learned to recognize the certain footfalls of the people. You learned by their footfalls. And Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, when you spend time with me, you'll learn to know the footfalls. You'll learn to know how I move and operate by spending time with me. But how can you and I develop a sensitivity to Holy Spirit? By reading the Word. Make the Word of God real to us. Read it every day. Make it a habit. By praying every day, praying to God. See, you see, prayer proves your dependency on God. You're saying, God, without you, I'm nothing. But with you, I'm a mighty force to be reckoned with. Prayer, and particularly if you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. And if you haven't, I'd love to pray for you later. Also, worship. This morning as we were worshipping, that helps you to become sensitive to the Spirit of God. Fellowship with other Christians helps you to become sensitive to God. And lastly, but not least, live a holy life will always make you sensitive to the Spirit of God in your life. Now, I share all this. That's only the introduction. So we've got a couple of hours to go. But that's just, that's just an introduction. <laughs> Pastor Lee's here, so I'm going to cut, cut it short. <laughs> but that's just the introduction because uh, imagine if you were a TV interviewer and you were interviewing King Solomon, the wisest man in all the world. This man who wrote, composed a thousand and five songs. He wrote 3,000 proverbs. Amazing. Imagine the books and the records he could have sold. He was so intelligent. He can intelligently discuss about trees and animals, insects and fish. He'd have you spellbound just listening to him. He had knowledge about buildings, about horses, about finance and money. And he was a keen observer of the world around him. He's able to draw wisdom from events that would seem so insignificant to you and me. We'd dismiss it, but he'd see something in that. You know, people, the Bible actually said people came from all over the world just to hear him, just to hear his wisdom. One day he looked at the window and he saw something unusual. As he looked, he just couldn't believe his eyes, what he was seeing. He saw, he saw some people walking and people riding. And he wrote in his journal. And we can read his journal, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 5 to 7. And this is what he said. There is an evil I have seen under the sun. As an error proceeding from the ruler, folly is set in great dignity while the rich sit in a lowly place. I have seen servants on horses. Servants on horses. 
while princes walk on the ground like servants. He's writing all this down. The scripture says that many are not in the place they're supposed to be. The servant has taken over. It's now riding the horse while the prince is walking on the ground like servants. You see, this has never been the plan for God's, if, uh, God's plan for your life or my life. We're called to be kings. In Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 to 6, it says, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us, he has made us, Kings and priests to God our Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. We've been made to be kings and priests unto God. That's God's original intention for your life and for my life, church. This is what He created us to be. That's why we need to understand the proper relationship that God intended for our spirit and for our soul in its rightful place. But this picture, this passage of Scripture conveys a a visual image, a spiritual visual image. It gives a powerful description of a major problem that God's people face today. It's a challenge we all face. You face it and I face it. Every day we face it. In Ecclesiastes 10, 7, I've seen servants on horses while princes... Walk on the ground like servants. What's it all mean? What are you trying to say? I don't see anything in that. What do you mean by that? But it is saying something to us. It's a scene that has three entities in it. We have the prince, we have the servant, and we have the horse. And the spiritual analogy is this. The prince represents your born-again spirit. The prince represents your born-again spirit. The servant represents your soul realm, your mind, will, and emotions. The horse represents your body that houses and carries your soul and your spirit. God's plan for us, for our born-again human spirit, is to have dominion, rulership over our soul and our body. God doesn't want us to be led by our old nature. He wants us to be led by a spirit-born new nature. Not our mind, not our emotions. Our soul is to be a servant of our spirit. It's always been in God's intention for our spirit to be in charge. Our soul is supposed to be the tool of our newborn again spirit. And so the imagery is of a servant sitting on the horse, giving direction, while my spirit is just walking along the ground, following whatever dictates the soul takes, where it wants to go. And I just follow suit, suit like a servant. Here's the question. Do you think at times we allow our soul to direct our lives? While the prince, our spirit man, the one is supposed to be in charge, supposed to be in command. It's ruled and reigned and it's guided and led by Holy Spirit or supposed to. It just walks along, follows the dictates of our soul, what we think, what we say, what we do. In other words, what we think, say and do is still in the hands of the soul and not in the hands of our spirit. 
led by Holy Spirit as it meant to be. How do we change this? What do we need to do? What do you do? What do you do, Pastor Phil? I found that my soul, now it's probably only with me, but I found that my soul doesn't willingly want to come down from its position of authority. My soul, I tell you what, it's either my way or the highway. My soul. It just wants to do its own thing. It's quick to make judgments. It's quick to react. It often gets me into trouble. Ask my wife. You know, Paul, the apostle Paul knew this. This amazing man knew this. In Romans 7, 19, he says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But praise God, Paul doesn't leave us there. He gives the answer to this dilemma that we all face. He said, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ. Romans 7.25, the answer is in Jesus. Here's the answer. I want to paraphrase that particular portion of Scripture from Ecclesiastes 10, verse 5 to 7. There is an evil I have seen under the sun, an error, a terrible mistake, proceeding from the ruler, folly, the crazy one. The unwise is set in great dignity, highest position, while the rich sit in a lowly place. I have seen servants on horses, while princes walk on the ground like servants. Put it all together. The servant, the soul room, is seated in the highest position, dictating, directing, whatever way it wants to go. Making its own decisions can be very reactionary. If, if, if I cross it, if my spirit tries to cross it. Now let's take a closer look at these verses again. Verse 5 says, there's an evil I've seen under the sun. So he's saying something's wrong. Something is terribly wrong. Who is sitting on the horse? This slave is riding on the horse and the prince is just walking alongside following the dictates of the, uh, of the servant. Wrong person is riding. Wrong person is on the horse. Soul is riding instead of the spirit. But let me ask you a question. Do you think as Christians we can fall in the same mindset? I know I do. And sometimes it's more than I care to think. But what was God's plan from the beginning? In Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Can you imagine God speaking to Jesus and Holy Spirit? Here's the Trinity sitting down together. And God says, let us make man in our image. Let, him, let us make man in our likeness. And then it goes on to let them have dominion. Let them have complete victory. Let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every cattle, over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You have authority over creeps. That's something to be grateful for. 
Just squash them. You see, God's desire hasn't changed. He has created us to be rulers. Rulers. Riding on horses. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, 13, And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above and you shall not be beneath. That's you, the prince, taking your rightful place. Another translation says, The Lord will make you the head and not the tail and you will ever have the highest place. You couldn't get any higher than being seated in Christ in heavenly places. In Romans 5, 17, it says, death ruled like a king. The old soul realm. Because Adam had sinned. But that cannot compare with what Jesus Christ has done. Any hallelujahs around here. God has treated us with undeserved grace. And He has accepted us because of Jesus. And so we will live. We will live. We will live like kings. Come on, church. We will live like kings. You know, the Amplified says it, so it might be louder, but the Amplified reign as kings in life through Christ Jesus. We reign as kings in life through Christ Jesus. It's only through Jesus that proper alignment between our spirit a soul and a, bo- and a body can be established. You reign as kings. We are kings and priests unto God. Your spirit is in charge. Don't let your soul tell you it's not. God wants us to live in victory now. Victory over fear, worry, anxiety, low self-image, low self-worth. Things that pull us back. Things that cause our spirit to be suppressed. You see, it's decision time, church. Today is decision time for many of us. Put off the characteristic of the old man. Put on the character of Jesus, the life of Christ, the life of Jesus. That's why Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your cares on him. Cast all your cares. Why? Because Satan works through your cares. He sees what you're worried about. He looks at you. He's been around longer than we have. He knows what you care about. He knows what concerns you. He knows what causes your fear and worry and anxiety. He looks at the way you respond. He looks at your response. And then he multiplies it. He makes it worse than what it really is. And so we fall under the trap, in the trap of thinking, this is hopeless. And that's why Jesus said, cast all your cares on Him because He cares for us. Isn't that a wonderful? He cares for us. He cares for us. Paul said it like this, for you died to this life and your real life, your real life, your spirit man, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. That's why church Paul's admonition to us in Romans 12, verse 2. 
where he speaks very clear, don't copy the behaviour and the customs of this world. Don't do what the world does just because they do it. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, soul. Then you will learn to know God's will for you and what is good and pleasing and perfect. See, it's a daily journey. We're all on a journey. It's a process. It may not happen overnight, but it's a process, little by little. A daily renewing our mind to think the way God thinks. This mind still allows the world to condition it if we let it. One Saturday, very rarely I ever did this. I ever did this. This is back in Adelaide. I went to church, and this guy came up to me at church, and he said, uh, "He said, uh, can I talk to you?" I said, "Yeah, sure." And he said, "I've got a major problem." He said, "I've had it for thirty years." He said, "I've got this deep black, dark, heaviness cloud over my life. I've had it for thirty years. I've still got it." And he said, "I go to the." Go to the cellar, just get a bottle of wine and try and drown it. I wake up and it's still there. And it's been like that for 30 years. So I listened to him. I shared with him about the love of God and what God can do in his life. I prayed for him and then I prayed for him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Very important. He was totally set free. Then I invited him to come to a new Christians class. He came to a new Christians class. No one knew about him, anything about him. Didn't know what his profession was. And later we found out that he was a highly, highly, highly respected psychiatrist in South Australia. He was a Christian. He came. He said, I'm a Christian. and This is my problem. After he was set free, filled with the Holy Spirit, came to Christian growth classes, joined with the new Christians. This man's spirit, he said, what he said to me was, he said, when I counsel my clients, he said, I open the word, I read the word, I pray in tongues, and then I go and counsel my clients. Amazing. And this is what he said. That's what he said to me. And then, The spirit, this man's spirit got back on the horse and started to live like a king again. The last time I heard, he was still riding the horse as a king and the servant, that black depression is now the walking dead. For those who love watching the walking dead. Remember, God the Father created you and I to be king. Jesus came, God the Son came to redeem you, to be a king. God the Holy Spirit gave you the power to live as a king. The Bible says for you you and I to reign as kings in life through Jesus Christ. We have the power. That was mentioned in the prayer meeting this morning. We have the power of God working in us. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him is able to do exceedingly abundantly 
exceedingly, come on, exceedingly above all that we can dare ask or think, according to the power that works in us. There's a power that's working in if you let it. If you allow Holy Spirit to work in you, that power will work in you. And if left to our own devices, we fail. I'll fail miserably. Our soul kicks in. But if we daily surrender, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Fill me afresh. Fill me afresh, Holy Spirit. He will. He will. Because God wants us to rule and reign in this life. Not when you get to heaven. He wants you to reign now on earth. And some people say, I'll do it when I get to No, we can do it now. This, these verses are for now, today. He wants us to rule and reign now, now, today in this world in which we live. I finish with this question. Ready for it? Are you walking or are you riding? Is there something in my life, in your life, that's making me to walk and not to ride as a king? We want to pray for you. God spoke to me very, very clearly that this message was for you today. That if you respond to what Holy Spirit is asking you and beckoning you, you will see a total release in your life. But before we do, I want to pray for any here. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe people watching online, you've never given your life to Jesus. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised Him from there, you'll be saved. We're going to say the prayer in the church. He will pray with us. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, personally as your Lord and Savior, you may be a young person, an older person. This is a great opportunity, whether you're watching online or here in the congregation. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus that he died on the cross for me. He paid the penalty for my sin. I'm truly sorry for my sins. I repent of it. I ask you to wash me clean with your precious blood. I believe that you came to this earth to die for me, that you rose again the third day. And at my confession, I receive you into my heart. Be Lord of my life. And from this moment on, I want to live my life for you. In Jesus' name. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.